Welcome to the NPTE Final Frontier Podcast, helping one student at a time. Visit NPTEFF.com to enroll today so you can pass tomorrow. Thank you for joining us here on the NPTE Final Frontier Podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is David. Today, we will be interviewing Dr. Torn McLeod. Dr. McLeod is an associate professor in the Department of Physical Therapy at California State University, Sacramento. He obtained his BS in kinesiology from San Jose State and his MPT in physical therapy from Sacramento State. He has also earned his PhD in anatomy and biomechanics from the University of Delaware. Recently, he has also completed his APTA Fellowship in Higher Education Leadership. In addition to this, he is also the president of the Academy of Amputation and Limb Difference Physical Therapy. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Great to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more. Why did you choose to become a physical therapist? Yeah, Um I get asked this question a little bit, um, usually by folks who, you know, are, are thinking about getting into physical therapy. And I'm, I'm really not the best person to answer that question. But for folks that have graduated already, it, 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 it does make a little bit more sense, my story. Um, I, I did physical therapy really because I couldn't do anything else. Um, I tried other things and, and we can get into that. I, I went to med school. Um, I, I tried, uh, you know, doing athletic training. I tried doing business, but it, I really, I, um, I love the human body, uh, and, and I'm guilty, you know, I, so I'm just in love with the human body and really, um, uh, knew that I wanted to go on to do a PhD. Basically, from the start, I did a master's in biomechanics before I did a master's in physical therapy. Um, and, and so um, I, I just really knew that I wanted to go on and, and follow my passion. Actually, you know, this, this theme across the questions will, will really um, continue is that I'm, I'm just love to, to, to talk about the human body and, and go on and into details about it. So it, it made sense for me to go in to become a professor. I also um, started to pursue athletic training initially, and I did my undergraduate. I'm a certified athletic trainer, but I also wanted to just dive deeper into the anatomy and rehabilitation process as well. So that's also why I decided to kind of dive into physical therapy instead of just the certified athletic training. So what led to your interest in the Academy of Amputation and Limb Difference Physical Therapy? Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for that. I, I, I uh, was at UCSF. I did a postdoc in radiology. Uh, so, so between my uh, PhD and uh, my faculty position at, at Sac State, um, I, I, um, I uh, did three years at UCSF, the University of California, San Francisco, in um, uh, quantitative imaging. And, um, and, and so I, I did a grant, which was really interesting. I, I looked at meniscal uh, kinematics in, in folks that with, with and without uh, knee osteoarthritis. And um, just as it happened, sort of down the hall was the prosthetics uh, center. 
And um, my background in, in biomechanics, I was doing a lot of motion analysis. And, um, and, and so one day, a guy that I still talk to regularly uh, came over and said, hey, I'm, I'm doing my, um, my uh, prosthetic residency. And as a part of that, we need to do a uh, project. And I was hoping I'd get your help in, um, in, in helping folks uh, you know, uh, um, uh, determine their motion uh, with different sorts of sockets. And that was really my entrance into, um, I, I guess, it was it is one area in physical therapy that with very little effort of from my time i can make a huge difference in other another person's life so for folks with limb difference whether that be through limb loss or some sort of congenital malformation a little bit of advocacy from my side um, has made a huge difference. So, I, you know, I started the academy with a group of friends and I, I just like working with cool people. And, and so you, you two seem like really cool people and I'm having fun. So I like to do stuff that's fun. Um, and and I sort of continued down that path. Uh, we developed a, the rehabilitation focus group with an APTA acute. Um, so if you're interested in more information in that area, um, there's two Facebook pages, which you can certainly uh, join up or, or follow uh, at AALDPT um, uh, on Twitter. And, and there's just a lot of resources out there for really where the APTA started. You know, the APTA started with uh, polio, but it also started with the wars and amputations. And, and I feel like we haven't progressed as far as we should with those rehabilitation uh, processes. What do you think is the biggest challenge when treating a patient with an amputation? Oh, um, maybe a lack of evidence or it's sort of combined with that. So, so meaning that the scientific evidence um, isn't as helpful as it could be or uh, communicating interprofessionally. Um, so the interprofessional spectrum is very wide in, in, in care for limb difference. Uh, and, um, and, and so you really need to have a good team, uh, working together. So, um, there, there's, there's some ego issues there perhaps, but it's, it's challenging, um, to, to find a good team. Once you have a good team, it's amazing. Like the, 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 uh, progress and change you can affect in an individual's life is really good. But sometimes there are individuals who think there's more evidence out there than there is, or are really only convinced by very strong evidence, you know, and, and sort of two different extremes. And, and it's very difficult uh, to, to convince individuals to, to you know, go, go the extra mile. And, and so I just got off a call. We're developing a clinical practice guideline for suggested outcome measures. This will be through the APTA. Of course, it's not going to get published for another five years or so. Three to four years, I guess, is average. Uh, so that's coming out. But, um, but there just aren't enough resources really to support uh, evidence-based practice in the area. I love how you also brought up the communication aspect because in the area where I'm working, we do see a large number of patients who have suffered through an amputation. And I've noticed the communication that the patients receive as well as the communication between the professionals working with that patient. There's just a lack of communication. And I feel like it's really doing a lot of our patients, 
patience and injustice. And I feel like it's definitely something that needs to be addressed further moving forward. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. It, it, you know, if, if you think about a variety of different patient populations that we work with, there might be, you know, a surgeon or a GP, um, there might be, we talked about athletic trainers, um, there might be, you know, nursing that you need to interact with, but in, 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 especially, you know, limb trauma, uh, limb surgeries, it, it's really all of them. You, you need to communicate. And, and then it's for the remainder of that individual's life. It, it, um, you, you know, you need to uh, repair and uh, renew that prosthesis on a regular basis. So the, I, I, the, the best model I can think of is sort of like a dental model where you, you know, need to be seeing your care providers every six months to really make sure that they're um, uh, receiving adequate quick care. And, 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 you know, the majority of individuals with limb loss are, um, have peripheral vascular disease and diabetes and, and, and those comorbidities really uh, require systematic and routine maintenance service. So to follow up with all of that, what is one thing that you feel could be done to make the physical therapy profession better? Yeah. Um, one thing. So, you know, I think, I think um, more diversity, um, more uh, inclusiveness, um, and I, I'm not, maybe that's cliche at this point. Um, but I, I think, I think it really, if, if folks follow their passion, um, as, as I did to become a physical therapist and, and we have, um, uh, not just adequate, but, you know, overwhelming support for individuals that want to go into a particular avenue or field, um, I think, I think that the, the profession would be better. So, so for instance, um, underrepresented minorities um, can have a variety of different uh, characteristics. Um, and, and one thing in the physical therapy profession that we maybe overlook um, are individuals with disability, with physical disability. Uh, and it, it's really interesting. And if you look at other medical professions, individuals with uh, physical disabilities are, are throughout there's, there's many individuals with, with some sort of, and it's interesting because as a physical therapist, we treat individuals with physical disabilities. Why aren't we reflected uh, in our, in our population uh, individuals that with physical disabilities, when we know across medicine that the level of care and the quality of, of clinical outcomes improves uh, if you have that relationship with your clinician, if you, if you are reflected, you can see yourself in their physical disability, you know, you know, they, they have an understanding of what you're going through. So, so for instance, I'm, I'm hopeful that we're, we'll get a grant to really support individuals, an overwhelming support um, that have amputation uh, in, in the physical therapy profession so that we can really improve the quality of care step-by-step. Uh, step. So to follow up with that, what would you say is one piece of advice you would give to physical therapy students who are beginning to prepare for the professional working world? Yeah, follow your passion. Follow your passion 
and and know um, know what you are good at, and and and, the, and sort of the caveat there is know what you're not good at. So, you know, there there um, if if you if you really know what you're good at, uh, so I, I I was I was pretty good at math and like physics uh, in, in school, but it wasn't really my passion. Uh, until I found biomechanics, that the application of all those to the body, that that was where I became really passionate. I, I I was like, wow, like not only am I good at these things, I love it. Like this is really exciting, and I I can't wait to do more. Um, so so you might be good at something, but you're not passionate about it. Um, you might be passionate about something, but you're not good at it. That's cool too. Hobbies are great. Um, but in terms of your profession, like find something that you know you're good at, uh, avoid the things you're not good at and, and, you know, be passionate, follow that passion because, um, that will really, you know, lead to a fulfilling life. So talking about passion, we usually have a very fun question. That's totally random, total surprise that you did not see coming. It is a curveball. So here it goes. According to the Academy of Amputation and Limb Differentiation Physical Therapy website, which everyone could go visit, amputationrehab.org, your new passion and you are a fan of your stationary bike. If you were to ride your stationary bike next to any celebrity or athlete ever, who would it be and why? <laughs> that's that's pretty funny uh well thank you for finding the website um that's good um gosh uh there are really so many um but but at the same time like like i ride I, so so here so i guess some some background on this so i i'm 45 and i uh um got on the bike maybe four or five years ago now. And I've been riding with the same five friends. Um, some float in and out, you know, over time. Um, but we ride five or six days a week. Um, and, and all of these friends, most of them are, are from middle school. So I, I've known these guys for 30 years. And uh, we ride on Zwift. It's a virtual platform where, you know, just this morning was sprint day. It's Tuesday. So, you know, this, this is something, this is a hobby. This is, this is just like the last question. I, this is a hobby for me. I'm not an excellent rider, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm above average and I love it. You know, it's, it's something I'm passionate about. It's a lot of fun. And honestly, I would ride with these guys and I get to five or six days a week uh, we ride for an hour, uh, this morning was sprint day and I, I did pretty well. Uh, one of my, my buddy got back on and he crushed me on two sprints, um, which I'm still reeling from I'm a little sore, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, I'd ride with them. They're, they're a, a blast. That's awesome because I actually have a, a group of middle school friends as well. And, it's just one of those things where it's nice to be doing something with your friends that you've known for so long. So friends aside, what's that one celebrity hit us with that celebrity? Who is it or athlete? Um, I, you know, uh, let's see. I think, 
you know, the, the rock just came to mind. There you uh, go. I think that would be hilarious because I would crush him. <laughs> I would crush him. Uh, because he's just ginormous and he's so, he's so like athletically determined. Um, but he, he, there's no way that he could maintain on a bike. I have no idea, but I, I just, he's so big. I can't imagine that he would be able to, to keep up. So that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Speaking- Very cool. Speaking of celebrities and working out, so I recently, my hobby the past year or two is I got a Nordic Track treadmill. So I've been doing the iFit classes and I do them about, again, five or six times a week as well. And there's actually a train with an athlete and train with celebrity series. So I've been actually able to do some different classes with some celebrities and athletes, which has been really fun. (laughs) Have you trained with a rock? I have not trained with The Rock. I'll have to reach out to iFit and tell them to get The Rock on. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, all the thing, all the people I can think of are like famous cyclists, and they would just crush me. Even even like the older ones, you know, like you know, riding with Lance Armstrong wouldn't be fun. Uh, although I, I've ridden with him outside, and and he's just way too fast you know way too fast you cannot get any enjoyment with that (laughs) well that's a it's a good thing you chose the rock so instead of you smelling what the rock is cooking it would be him smelling what you're cooking on that stationary bicycle there you go (laughs) (laughs) all right this has been great so talk to us about how our listeners can get in touch with you or find you on social media to learn more about everything we've discussed this episode yeah um i'm I'm at Torin McLeod. So on Twitter, it's uh, T-O-R-A-N-M-A-C-L-E-O-D. Um, if folks have like specific questions, if they, if they're interested in, you know, um, more detail, they could certainly send me an email. Um, listen, there's only one Torin really, T-O-R-A-N. So if you do a search on Google for me, it's, it's pretty easy to find where I'm at. So, um, but I'm at csus.edu. Uh, that would be my email. And then, um, yeah, I'm on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook as well. So, uh, reach out, love to hear from you. That is awesome. Thank you once again for being here. Thank you. It's great. A great opportunity to talk with, uh, talk with you and meet some new people. Now that you heard our interview with Dr. Torin McLeod, here is a quote from Tina Fey. There are no mistakes, only opportunities. So students, warriors, those opportunities out there, keep on pursuing them. Those mistakes, there are no mistakes. Whatever happens, just keep on learning from them and pursuing that dream, pursuing that goal. Keep your heart in it and go get it. You are powerful. You are strong. You are a final frontier warrior. You will pass. Thank you very much for listening. For more information on the NPTE Final Frontier, please visit NPTEFF.com. You can also check out all of our social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Till next time, have a great day and a powerful tomorrow.